Well, we don't have to give far much more introduction to the woman of God who has been with us um, over the years. And though she may continue to be soft-spoken, the words that come out are more powerful than you can imagine. Somebody say amen. amen. And so today, as an honor, I would ask that you would open up your hearts and ears as we receive um, not just this opportunity to watch a woman of God uh, graduate from Iowa State. That's just one type of graduation, but we know that God also wants to set her in a graduation spiritually. So let us receive from her now in Jesus' name. Would you all give God a big praise offering for Sister Ophelma? Amen. Hello. Can you? It's on. Is this on? Hello? Yes. Oh, okay. I hear my voice. That's great. Well, thank you guys for having me here. Um, let's just open up quickly in prayer before we move on. Um, Lord, we thank you for this time together, Almighty Father God. I ask that you'd be the one speaking, oh Lord, and I would just be your vessel. God, I pray that you know the hearts of your people, oh God, and that you would pour into them, oh Lord. Lord, I ask that you take full control in your precious name. Amen. Um, so, yeah, so like you said, my name's Ufma. I don't know if you know me. So, um, mm, hmm. so I guess when Pastor asked me to speak, I wasn't too sure about what and why or anything, but I know that God has a plan for everything. And so, um, so I just feel like the Lord loves you guys very much. And when I see each and every one of you, I see a reflection of his image. Um, and so I feel like the topic for today, the only thing that I'm asked to speak on by the Lord is it's time for a breakthrough. Um, so, and the reason why I'm speaking about it's time for a breakthrough, I just believe that God has put it on his heart. He showed me visually and he's told me spiritually that it's time for BC, the people in BCC to break through in whatever area it is in your life. And so just a little bit about me and why I'm, breakthrough is a really big deal. Um, so I grew up in a Christian home. Um, my parents loved the Lord, whatever, but I was very cold to the whole gospel. I, I thought I just wasn't about it, you know? And so, um, so in addition, I struggled with a lot of different things like fear and anxiety. Um, I had a issue with like OCD, so like I couldn't go to sleep at night unless I touched the doorknob a certain amount of times. If I did things a certain way, and and when it was a big, it was really bad. Um, it was a big deal, and so um, I also had a thing with the dark, so I didn't like going into the dark. Um, I guess when you grow up and you hear a lot of different things, I'm like I don't want to be in the dark because I knew that something existed in the dark, and I didn't want to be be around that. And so um, so a lot of things, different things happened over the years, and so two months before I came to Iowa State. Um, I actually gave my life to Christ, and it was actually through a dream. If you know me, then you know I'm a big believer and non-believer in dreams and everything. So, um, so yeah, here I could do. I come to Iowa State, and um, I get plugged in something called Chi Alpha, and they've been great ministry and help and everything. And so, um, kind of to get into it. Um, so, I, we were going to a winter retreat in Minnesota, um, and. I had this issue with my hands. My hands would just shake all the time. It was really bad. Like I couldn't hold anything in my hands. And so as I'm going, I'm like, okay, Lord, um, I know I'm new. You know, I'm a new baby believer, whatever. But I know from what your word tells me that you can heal me. Simply put, you can heal me. And so we're driving in the vehicle. That's what I'm saying. And then so it was like the last night before the conference, um, last night of the conference. And I'm just like, okay, Lord, I was lying down. I'm like, Lord, just heal my hands. I'm not leaving here until you, le till you heal my hands. And as I was praying, I felt a cool rush go through my first hand. And I remember looking at my hand, and I'm like, it's not shaking. It's not moving like I can hold things. It's not shaking. And I was like, okay, yes, Lord, Lord, thank you, amen. And then I'm like, well, what about my other hand? We're not done yet, you know. And so the next morning, 
um, there was a morning session and I was just praying again. I'm like, Lord, we still have one more hand to go. And as I was praying, I felt another cool rush go through my hand. And then from there, my hands were like permanently healed. Amen. So, um, and that's, <laughs> so, <laughs> amen. Yeah. And so for me, it was more of, well, I don't have time to talk about it, but it's expectation and prayer. You know, I went there with the attitude that Lord, you're going to do it. And I left with my miracle that Lord, you did it. And so, um, so all of it has been a learning process, and through that I learned about being, what it means to be a child of God, what it means to walk into your authority as children of God. I know like we spend a lot of time talking about testimony and breaking the curses, and I believe that what we need to remind ourselves is that the, the anointing of Jesus breaks the yoke. So I don't know whatever you're holding on to, but his anointing breaks the yoke. I know because he's done it in my life, and so... Um, so yeah, so I came back, and then so from that, like, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning about prayer and everything, and then something my mom always said is, was that, how can I pray for you, and then after I finish praying for you, you begin doubting, you know, and I think that that's what it talks about in James. Um, if we could turn there real quick, we'll start from there. Um, so in first, in James chapter 1, um, verse 5, uh, I'll give you guys a moment to find it. Okay, so it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because sometimes we ask God for things, and then we immediately doubt. And the Bible tells us anytime you doubt, it's like you don't put your trust in God. And I believe that when we start walking in that expectation of... Um, God's going to do it. He's going to do it. And so moving forward as from this whole retreat and from everything, um, I just found myself like I haven't touched a doorknob. I go to sleep peacefully at night. And I just found Amen. God breaking different areas in my life. And I learned that the more that I spoke the word of God into my situations, the more that God breaks things. And so, um, I mean, it is a learning process. I'm still learning about it. But the one thing through everything is that like wherever Jesus is, the enemy can't reside, you know, and that's part of breakthrough, you know, and so, and it's also part of your kingdom authority, and that's my big thing, uh, that's what I love talking about, is your kingdom authority, and so, um, so yeah, after that, like, you know, the, the more, Jesus is called, like, the, what, the light of the world, and so when you have more Jesus, you have more light, when you have more light, there's less darkness, and so, um, so, Quickly moving forward, um, two summers ago in 2014, I worked for an agriculture company. It was a great experience. My manager was great and everything, but I struggled a lot. You know, I hit like the low point of like my life. Um, I know like we all, I know, I don't know for you guys, but for me, it was always like when you take two steps forward, you always feel like you take 10,000 steps backwards. And so that's what I felt like I was at. I mean, I was so frustrated to the point where like I would take my Bible, I would shove it into like a cabinet. I don't want to see it. I don't want anything to do with it. Like I'm like God frustrates me. I don't understand all of these different things. And then so I was I remember before I started working, I was with my sisters and they're just playing this song by Sony Badu. And it was just like he's a Ghanaian artist. I do recommend him. I'm big fan of his ministry now. But he just said, like, Lord, if this is your presence, then let it rain. I'm tired of going to different worship places and everybody's like oh the presence of God is here like if this is your presence and let it rain and so um so I'm like okay you know whatever so I'm working and I'm hitting this low point I go to work and all I do is cry and call my mom and cry like I can't handle this anymore and so um in the midst of that I'm like I tried listening to different music and nothing was working so I'm like let me try this Sony by Dude guy and I started with that song and somebody had put like a, a track of all of his different songs on YouTube so I just remembered I played that song that was the only track I played over and over and over again. And before I would just cry and cry and cry and cry. And then I was like, you know what? Like, I started to listen to his words and I'm like, 
let me just start speaking the word of God into my situation. Let me just start calling things as they are, you know. And I'm struggling with this. I'm like, you know, Lord, you say that um, cast all my burdens on you, you know. Don't come where your burden on Take everything. And so as I'm doing that, I find that the more that I begin using the word of God to speak into my situation, I found myself filled with joy, with more joy, with more peace. And then so towards the end of the summer, I'm listening to the song, but however, it's like I'm dancing to it. Like it's, it is what it is. And so I remember like, you know, I need to meet Sony Badu. I need to meet this guy. I need to tell him that like his, him just using his voice was like my ministry, was my breakthrough. It was my breakthrough for that summer. It was what ignited me to keep moving forward. And so Amen. I searched all over I'm like where is his concert where is he at and then I found out that my mom actually got to meet with him and speak with him and I was pretty jelly like I was kind of like how can how can you meet him and I can't meet him and so then fast forward then this past summer I was on the east coast but God opened the door to that and so I'm like you know like I was going to this church and all of a sudden I somebody invited me to this conference at their church and they're like oh the main singer is Sony Badu and I was like freaking out I'm like so Lord you mean this whole time like I'm searching for somebody and here he is right before me and I feel like that's another thing that sometimes God opens up the door just a little bit so he doesn't show us everything behind but when we walk through that door he opens everything else you know and so and I and the reason why I say this because that internship I didn't go there with heavy pockets I went there very broke and then but my company has subsidized my housing they gave me a car for the summer they did so many things for me and so that's when I'm like okay Lord you know I, I got you you got me you know like let's keep doing this and so from that conference I remember like okay now I'm here I need to meet Sony but I need to tell him like my testimony of how he changed my life you know how he changed my life and everything. And so then at one point I like, cause I was like three rows from him. I was like sitting where Tina was. I was like, I am that close to Sony Badu. And so then I was like, and then it hit me like, Lord, I don't even want to meet him anymore. Lord, I just want to thank you for using, for allowing him to be obedient to you, to his will, to your will for his life. And so I began thanking the Lord for that. And I, then I remember like I was there for the whole conference. There's only one day that I missed. My mom came and visited me and I'm like, we're going to go to the harbor in DC. But I'm like, no, we're not doing that. We're going to this conference. So that's where we spent most of our time. And, and it was through that, that like I saw a lot of change. And so kind of back to why I'm here is that, um, through my testimony, through being able to defeat anxiety, to defeat fear, to defeat all these different things that don't come from God, I've learned that I was done playing with the enemy. And I believe that God wants you to know that be done playing with the enemy. Be done. Like, I think sometimes we say, oh, the enemy's there, whatever, like, hippie, hippie, whatever. And I'm just like, know who your enemy is. Know what his purpose is. Know that he's not here to help you. He's here to attack you. He's here to accuse you. And so... Um, and then, and then that's where there's Jesus, you know. I know we have God, but it's also important to know that we do have Jesus. So if we turn quickly to John 10, 10. Yes, ma'am. Okay, and Jesus is talking, and then he says it um, like this, starting in verse 10. He says, the thief, which is Satan, he says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And I think it's important to know who your enemy is, to know that, um, to know who he is. Because, I mean, how do you win a battle if you don't know who your enemy is? You know, how can you attack somebody if you don't even know where they're at? Or how can you, how can you take a test if you don't know what the purpose of the test is? And so it's kind of in that same way as that know who your enemy is. Know that his only purpose is to get you down, is to give you, is to hit you in a place that is not meant to be hit. I'm just saying. So anyway, so, <laughs> and so, anyway, and, and, and along those lines, I feel like um, the Bible says to overcome evil with good, and Satan is purely just evil, and, and, 
And at the same long lines, it says, like, Obedia, just overcome evil with love. And, you know, um, Romans 12, 21, it says, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it talks about all the different, um, what is love and stuff like that. And if you replace love is with Jesus is, Jesus was all of that. So I encourage you to overcome evil with Jesus, you know. <laughs> so overcome the enemy with Jesus. And so, um, so moving on to Deuteronomy 28, 13. Um, it just says, and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not be beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. And so one of the reasons why I like this verse and why I think it's very important to know as you're walking in your authority in Christ is that um, as a child of God, like you say, we say that he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and we always sing it like whatever, whatever, but I'm like, there's no other king higher than him. So that means like if you take all the kings in the world and you put them together in one room, he's still above all of them all. And so to me, it's like, as a child of God, you said we're coheres to Christ and everything. But to me, for me, it means that the prosperity of the king is my prosperity. The prosperity of the king is going to bestow on his children. And I think sometimes we think, oh, like, I'm the head and not the tail. Like, I'm an, I need to be an A-lister in school. And he's just like, no, in every area of your life, in every area of your life, you're meant to be prosperous. And so, and so part of overcoming or breaking through um, and walking with your um, identity in Christ and your kingdom authority is knowing that, that you're the head and not the tail. That he says, um, you shall be above only and never beneath. And to yes, remember Lord. that I'm not meant to be beneath. Jesus. And then when you feel like, oh, Lord, I'm becoming beneath, declare that verse over your life. I'm meant to be above and not beneath. And walk in that authority. You know, look at your situation and say, I'm the head and not the tail. You know, my parents always say that to me, but I'm like, whatever, I don't care. But then I learned, but then I learned that, like, um, that what it means to me, like, yo, I'm the head, like, let anything come my way, I know I'm going to be above this and not below it, and, and walking into that. And then the rest of Deuteronomy chapter 28, um, it continues to talk about the blessings of the Lord um, when you're obedient to him. And I think sometimes that we have to remember that God's desire is for us to triumph, you know, and it, which means, for me, it means achieve success and victory. You know, he's fighting for you. And that's the thing that when I look at my whole life and being up here, I realize that at no point, whether I was with Christ or with not, not with Christ, um, God was always fighting for me. He never stopped or took a rest. I mean, the Bible says that he neither sleeps nor slumbers. So meaning his eye is always open. His eye is always watching you. His, eye, his ears always hear your cries. And so, so turning back, going back to, um, let's just go to Luke chapter 10, verse 18 through 19, real quickly. And it says, um, Jesus is talking again to the disciples, and he says, he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to, try to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. And I think that's something that we need to remind ourselves with regards to breakthrough is that Jesus has already physically, with his mouth, given you the authority. And reminding yourself in every situation, I have the authority. And for me, like... I don't know, like, I, the enemy has tried to attack me in so many different areas, but I'm like, why are you even trying? You know, like, you've never won a battle. And, like, to me, when I see this verse, it says, Jesus fell like lightning from heaven. I mean, Jesus said he saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That means, like, he literally saw with his own physical eyes your enemy fall from heaven. So sometimes I ask myself, so why do we sit here and, like, cry and babble and whatever when Jesus says, stand on your two feet, stand firm. Like, I've, I've already saw your enemy fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority over all the principalities, over everything, you know. And so, and for me, it's like, use your authority in Christ Jesus. I mean, 
the way I say it is, what's the point of receiving a gift if you're never going to use it, you know? And so I think that God has given us the gift of overcoming your enemy. And so use it, you know, use it. I mean, and learn to use it and use it and use it and use it. And so um, in Philippians 2, 9 through 11, I know we're using like the Bible today. I just love it that much. I used to hate it. Now I love it. So <laughs> praise God. Um, so then uh, Philippians starting in verse 9, it says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of, to the, to the glory of God the Father. And I think that when we use our authority in Christ, um, use the name of Jesus, declare it in the name of Jesus, because when I see this, it's saying that there's no other name higher. There's no other name that can triumph his name. So when, he, so when you claim something in Christ, claim it with the power in the name of Jesus. And the reason I say that is that that means everything in, that I ask of in his name, it must come to pass. There's nobody who can revoke what I ask in the name of Jesus because the Bible just said his name is above every other name. And so, and to me, like, it's just like saying, like, if, if his name, um, if there was a name higher than that name, the Red Sea would probably wouldn't have parted. The Israelites would have never entered the promised land. Hannah and Sarah's womb would, have, would not have opened. The sick would still be sick. The demon possessed would still be possessed. The lepers would remain unclean. Dead people wouldn't be raised to life. I wouldn't be here, but I am. And then Jesus died and he rose again. And so, and I think that's the thing we need to remember is that we have the blood of Jesus on our side. You know, in the Old Testament, we see a lot about like, they had to give sacrifices and that sacrifice and that sacrifice. And Jesus is like, no, I got you. You know, I love you that much that I got you. And that he says, like, by my wounds, claim your healing, you know. And so, um, and for me, it's just like, uh, sometimes we let, we like, we, we give somebody the keys to our car and we say, go and drive it. But God said, I've given you a car and I've given her a car. Take your own keys and drive it. And I think that's what we need to do with our authority in crisis. <laughs> Take your own keys and go and drive with it. And so, um, so I just encourage you guys to, be, to begin declaring what you need in the name of Jesus and believe that, that is going to happen, you know. And so, um, and the thing is also that God never wanted to depart from us. You know, he sent Jesus, and then after he, Jesus left, he sent the Holy Spirit. So that means that his desire is for us to always be triumphant, to always walk in knowing and in confidence that he's going to be with us and everything. And so, and I think sometimes when you walk and you're using your authority and you're like, okay, how am I going to break through these different situations? And it's learning to see Jesus in the midst of, I call it disturbance or turbulence if you're on a plane. And like, you see all these different things are going on. And I'm like, okay, Jesus, we're out thou. Like, I don't understand. And so in 2 Samuel chapter 15, 1 through 4, so it's, it's talking about how um, David, it's talking about David's son Absalom, and David's son Absalom conspired against David. And he just said it like it like this. In the course of time, Absalom provided himself with a chariot and horses and with 50 men to run ahead of him. He would get up early and stand by the side of the road leading to the city gate. Whenever anyone came with a complaint to be placed before the king for a decision, Absalom would call out to him, what town are you from? He would answer, your servant is from the one of the tribes of Israel. Then Absalom would say to him, look, your claims are valid and, pro and proper, but there's no representative of the king to hear you. And I think that sometimes... Um, the, in the same way that Absalom stands at the gate of the city um, to those trying to reach the king, I think that Satan stands at the gate to our dreams, to the purposes of God in our life. And he says, there's nobody here to hear you. There's nobody here to heal you. I, this is how it's meant to be. And I believe that, um, and I, for me, I'm like, use your authority and tell him to shut up. Like, when he starts speaking to you, just tell him shut up. He has no voice. You know, like, the way I said he's got, like, 
just tell them to shut up. That's all I have to say. And so, um, and the thing is, like, if, hmm, anyway, let's just go to Romans. Yeah. Let's just go to Romans. So in Romans chapter 8, verse 31 through 39, I'll read it quickly. Um, What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? If he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, is also interceding. Um, for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger of the sword? As it is written, for you, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all, th- in all these things we are more than conquerors to him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation would be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I think that's at the same way. So as you see um, the enemy standing at the gateway to all the things of God, just tell, to remind yourself that there's nothing that can separate you. Just move, oh, move him yeah. to the side and open your door and walk through it. And I think that's the thing is to remember is that um, God said there's nothing that can separate us. There's nothing... Take a knife, it won't separate us. You know, let your blood spill, it won't separate. You know, and I think that's the thing is um, when you're in a blood covenant with Christ, I wish I could talk about it, but that's my thing is that um, there's nothing that can separate you. If you look, if you read in like 2 Samuel chapter 9, 16, 19, and 21, you see the story of um, David and Mephibosheth. And so you see this is an example of the blood covenant. So briefly, David um, was friends with Jonathan and he said, you know, I'm going to honor you regardless, whatever. And so... When David became king, he's like, who is left in the house of Saul that I could um, honor? And then they found somebody named Mephibosheth. And so when you read this story, you see that so many times people try to take Mephibosheth's life. But, Jesus, but David said, like, there's n- you can't take him. Like, I've made a covenant with him that you can keep trying to, but you can't take him. And I think that in the same way, that's what God says for us. Let anybody try to take you, but they can't take you when, you, when you're in that covenant with him. And I feel like it also it says in the same Romans 8, 31, it says that, um, and in a way to me I say it means that no one will prevail against the anointed ones of God. You know, we're all chosen by God. We're all called um, children of God. You know, that's my thing. And so it's like that means no one can prevail against me. Keep trying to, but you're not going to win. You know, keep trying to fight me, but you already know you're going to lose. And I think that's the thing is like Satan's a loser straight up. Like there's, nev- there's not been one battle he's ever won. Any battle that you think he's won, that's because you think so, because he's never even won it. And so um, when you move uh, in your kingdom authority and in seeking breakthrough, the thing that's really important is to have faith. You know, um, Matthew 17, 20 says, because you have so little faith, I tell you the truth. If faith, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And so for me, like I had a friend who said it like this, if faith as small as a mustard seed can move a mountain, how much more your faith? Imagine if your faith was greater than a, mount, like, than a mustard seed, how much could you do like imagine like you took that faith and you spoke into your situation like Lord I declare that I'm free from anxiety and boom you're free and and the thing is like just be honest be like Lord my faith is so small but you said faith as small as a mustard seed can move a mountain so Lord I ask that you begin to move my mountains in my life and so and I think and it goes back to James chapter one in the very beginning it says don't doubt you know disbelieve in God and don't doubt and you know and claim your blessings and claim everything that um you yes Lord God has for you. And I think that 
doubt hinders us while faith enables us. And I think that's the thing to remember is that like every time you doubt, you just stop your car. You know, every time you doubt, you forget to put gas in your engine. And so, but when you start using your faith and when you start practicing it, you start filling your gas tank, you start pushing the gas pedal and you start moving, you start moving. Like even when the bumps come, you're still moving, you know? And so, and another thing is that God is faithful. Um, there's not one person in the Bible that um, God made a promise to and it wasn't fulfilled, you know? And I think that's the thing sometimes we're like, okay, God, what have you been faithful to me for? Like I'm still in this situation. But for me, it's like, if you're living, then God has been faithful, you know? And I think that's the thing to remind yourself. Um, uh, and I think an also thing is that he sent Jesus, and he told us he's going to send Jesus. He sent Jesus. He said, oh, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He sent the Holy Spirit. And so he told Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of nations. He made him the father of nations. Um, and to me, it's kind of like God is faithful, straight up. Jesus is faithful. When Jesus went and healed people, he said, like, my son, your faith has healed you. I mean, and sometimes people are like, no, that, how, you know, he has the authority to, but he said, like, faith that's small as this mustard seed can move your mountain. And that's the thing that we need to just look at our mountain and say, move. Like, maybe your mountain is getting closer with God and, and just say, Lord, this mountain that's between us, move in the name of Jesus. There's no other name higher. So claim it, declare it, and move forward with it. And so, um, so yeah, and then if you read Hebrews chapter 11, it keeps reminding us about the faithfulness of God. And um, so if you're ever wondering, like, what if God is hearing me? Like, I know that he may hear and not hear, and what about this and what about that? But I'm just here to remind you that he hears every one of your cries and whispers and your prayers. Um, like, for example, Friday, my phone just flew out of my hand in a weird way, and it shut off. And I'm like, out of all the times my phone could have broke, Every time I dropped it, it's a very sturdy phone. This is the first time it's ever like shut off. So I'm just like, okay, Lord, you know, maybe this is a good thing. I feel free. I don't have anybody to disturb me or anything or call me. And, <laughs> and so I'm just like, but Lord, I know you can like cause my phone to turn on. As, as um, materialistic as it is, I'm like, Lord, you've shown me too many times that you're faithful to me. So I know that you can turn on this phone. I know by the time I reach my house, my phone will turn on. So we were at prayer and we were praying and then I'm like, okay, let me try to turn on my phone. It, I didn't work. So it didn't turn on my, I'm not, I wasn't like, oh, I'm dismayed. I'm like, Lord, I thank you that I know that you're going to turn on my phone. So later on that night, about at 1 a.m., my phone turned on. And so I'm like, you know what? Like, even in the smallest things, God is faithful. If you say, Lord, I want a pencil, please, Lord, I know that you can give me a pencil. Lord, I'm going to start thanking you for giving me a pencil. He'll give you your pencil. And so, um, yeah, and then Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, quickly, quickly read it. Actually, no. Okay. <laughs> and so, and then I think um, when you're moving forward, when you're like, okay, Lord, I need my breakthrough. Like, I know I can declare things in your name and it will happen. I know that if I ask for a pencil, you'll give it to me. Um, I think another thing is to remember that you have to have a new mindset. Like, you can't, um, the way I say it is that how can you be strong with a weak foundation and an old mindset? You know, how can God, and I feel like how can God place a new foundation if he hasn't uprooted the old one? Sometimes we want God to place a foundation on top of something that's already there. And he's like, if I do that, the one below will still fall. You know, and then when you read Matthew chapter seven, um, verse 24 through 27, Jesus talks about how, um, uh, it talks about, mm, let's just read it. Cause I want to explain it like the way he's explained it. So. So Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 24, um, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine 
and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. And I think that's the thing is if you don't fix your foundation, it's going to break. Like let everything come and beat you, let everything hit you, it's just going to fall and break. You know, and I think in the same way in Ephesians 2.20, it says that Jesus is the chief cornerstone. So when you make him, your, when you allow him to lay your foundation, you allow him to build up your house. And so let everything of the enemy keep attacking you, it won't prosper. Let every storm hit you, it won't happen because your foundation is strong and rooted in the Lord. And so and then I think in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, it talks about throw off everything that hinders us, throw off everything that causes our foundation to be weak. Sometimes we allow like a little cracks and we allow little cracks and we allow little cracks and we allow little cracks and then we allow, the foundation will build tension. And so what happens is that everything breaks and spills and everything. And you're like, why did this happen? And the thing is, in the same way, he's our foundation, in the same way that he has to fill the cracks that are cracking in our foundation. And so... And I think the thing is just to have strength in the Lord, you know, move with a new mindset, with a new identity, with a new attitude, knowing that I'm a child of God. You know, my God has defeated the enemy. My God has called me to break through. My God has called me to triumph in every situation. You know, let anyone try shaking you. Let anyone try um, attacking you and say, no, I'm good, Ross. Like, I'm good. Like, my God has me. You know, my God um, has my back. And so, and you can't be moved. I mean, Jesus already told us in Matthew 24, um, 7, 24, that, let anybody shake you. You can't be moved. Let any mountain, let anything come your way. Let every storm rise against you. As long as you're founded and you're rooted in me, you'll be fine, you know? And so, yes, and Jesus later on says again in um, the Bible, he says, a house divided cannot stand. But I feel like sometimes we forget that a house isn't just the physical house that you live in. Um, a house is, um, is your mind, body, your soul, and your spirit. And you know, and so he's saying a house divided, if with what's within you is divided, is in too many different places, you're going to fall. And that's the same way what he's saying in Matthew 7, 24. And so the thing is, like, now we have a house, but how, do we, how, how is a house considered a home? I consider a house a home when there's love in it. And so when you um, allow Jesus to enter in and become your love and allow him to love you, I know we sing songs about Jesus loves us, but I mean, like, if you're living here, Jesus loves you. Even if you're gone, Jesus loves you, and he's fighting for you. And the thing is, your home is never empty with the love of Christ. Your home is never empty. You may feel like, Lord, I'm alone, but his Holy Spirit is there, you know. In the beginning, he said my Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit was hovering around the earth. But the thing is, his Holy Spirit never left. He says, like, in the very end, like, his Holy Spirit is flowing like a river because he never left, you know. And so he's there waiting for us just to enter into his presence. And so maybe you're like, okay, you know, I'm not quite there yet. But then the Bible also says that if anyone is lacking, let them ask of the Father and he'll give it to you. And so maybe you're like, Lord, I want to grow more in my authority in you and overcoming all these different issues that are in my life. And you say, okay, ask, seek, knock, it'll be given to you. You know, have faith as small as it is and it'll be given to you. Walk in that. Be like, Lord, I'm not dealing with depression. Walk in it. In the name of Jesus is broken. I'm free and walk in that and rejoice in that. And so all, like the whole reason why I'm saying that, I know I talk really fast, it's a thing that I do to like defeat nervousness, but all that I'm just trying to say is that um, God loves you and he wants you to overcome the enemy that he's already overcome. You know, he doesn't want you to waste time yeah. fighting an enemy that he's already defeated, but he wants you to use your authority on the behalf of, maybe you see somebody else who's struggling, use your authority that God has given you to help them out, you know, because he's already called you victors in Christ, he's already called you an overcomer. And so... Um, Wow, and then in Galatians chapter 5, verse 
um, just one of these final verses that I have. It's just as a reminder of why God just wants you to break through. It says Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And I think that's the thing is you have this authority. You have this power to overcome every situation. So then why then be yoked to the same thing that God has called you to overcome, you know? And so, and so for me, it's just begin praying and praising God for breaking down your walls of Jericho. And if you want to refer to walls of Jericho, it's in Joshua 5 through 6. So whatever your wall may be, just call it and cause it to break. Pray and then call it to break down. Whether it's healing, whether it's depression, whether it's provision, whether it's, Lord, I need open doors, Lord, I need a vehicle, Lord, I need to be closer to you. Just begin praising and thanking God for that, you know. And so for me, 2015 is not over yet. I feel like a lot of times we're like, um, 2015, it's over, I'm done, let's walk into 2016. And God's like, it's not over yet, yes, you know. Lord. So why are you trying to walk into 2016? For me, it's like, claim all that God has for you for the rest of 2015. Don't enter in 2016 with your blessings still remaining in 2015. And so these are just, um, just to quickly, uh, these are kind of my declarations to you and the Lord and what the Lord wants to declare to you is that, um, just 12, real quick, I just declared December 2015 as a month of breakthrough in the name of Jesus for your life. I declare that your testimonies in 2015 will testify of your testimonies in 2016 in the name of Jesus. I declare that the voice of the enemy and his attacks will silence in the name of Jesus. I declare that 2016 will be your year of victory in the name of Jesus. I declare that everything that you've been asking God for will come to pass in the name of Jesus. I declare that the works of the enemy for your life and the life of your family will not prosper and will die at your doorstep in the name of Jesus. I declare that healing and prosperity will abide in you in the name of Jesus. I declare that the fire of God will renew your spirit in the name of Jesus. I declare that today will be your day of breakthrough in the name of Jesus. I declare that all that you need the, need the Father will provide in the name of Jesus. I declare that you will stand firm in your authority in the Lord in the name of Jesus. I declare every work of the enemy upon your life dead in the name of Jesus. And this is what I declare in the name of Jesus. I don't know if some of you have issues. Some of you are like, no, I need these chains broken in my life. But I believe that it's important as, as believers to come together and pray so that God can break those chains. I believe that one thing that he showed me that he's ready to start breaking the chains in people's lives today And I believe and I pray that you don't leave without somebody praying for you don't leave without your chains still hanging on to you I already said don't yoke on to the slavery that I've already yielded and so um, I'm just gonna pray and if it's okay with pastor if we can just have people um, Pray together. Um, Lord. I thank you for this time together Lord, I thank you that you love your people, Lord God, and you've called them to walk in freedom, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you've given us the authority to overcome every work of the enemy, Almighty Father. Lord, I ask that as your people move, oh Lord, Lord God, that you would just cause them to see you, Lord God, that you'd break every situation, Almighty Father. Lord, we give this opportunity to you just to begin working in the name of Jesus. Lord, be glorified and magnified in this place, oh Lord. Lord, we thank you for the changes that are falling. Lord, we thank you for the breakthroughs that are going to happen. Lord, we thank you that each and every person who needs something from you, oh Lord, will find it today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah be unto your name, oh Lord.